Hey, so thanks so much for joining me today. Let's acknowledge Jesus. Jesus, we thank you so much that you care and that you're preparing us to stand before you one day. We thank you that you're giving us the revelation knowledge, the wisdom, the knowing of how to be right with you ahead of time. So good, you're so in love with us. Thank you for just taking over here. We give you all the glory in your name. Amen. He is so good and he's so in love with us and he wants us to be ready for his return. I want to read to you what he said to me. It was an audible voice. And um, it was about two and a half weeks ago now. He said, the hour of Jesus has come. And then I heard the Holy Spirit say, what does that mean, Lord? And he said, the hour of testing has come. Two days later, and I was just um, like meditating on this and feeling afraid because I want to make sure that I am right with him. And he had told me a couple years ago that I was like one of the five virgins. So, of course, when I heard that, I took it to heart. And we all need to take it to heart. We all need to examine ourselves. The Bible tells us that, right? So anyway, two days later, I hadn't shared it with anybody because I felt like I just needed time with that. And I felt corrected after that I didn't share it. And so two days later, and um, this is in the wee hours of the morning, a greater hour of testing has come and was audible. And then two seconds later, all of this was, I heard him say, I'm frustrated, obey me. And so I believe that is what um, he is saying to all of us. And I believe what he's saying is the time is near. I'm trying to give you guys time to get ready. That's what he's saying. I'm trying to give you time to get ready. I'm frustrated because it's not my will that one should perish. He's so in love with us. He cares so much for us. And he's saying, I'm frustrated because you're not getting ready. Obey me. You know, when you obey him, that really, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. That really says that you love him. And in Matthew 7, 21 through 23, he said, many on that day are going to say to me, Lord, Lord, we did this in your name and we did that in your name. Oh, and he's going to say, away from me, I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. James tells us when you break one law, you broke all the law. And so we have to have all our ducks in a row, so to say. As, as the um, five virgins that were ready, their vessels were full. We have to have our vessels full. We have to be ready for his return. So he can say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. That's his heart. That's what he wants to say to us. He doesn't want us. He doesn't want to close the door on us. He doesn't want to say, away from me, I never knew you. So he's giving us heads up. He's telling us ahead of time. He's telling us we're distracted. We're not taking him seriously. And he's asked us to live in his kingdom by believing, right? If you love me, you'll obey me, and then I'll manifest myself to you. John 14, 21, that's what he said. And so today we're looking at, we've looked at a few things, and um, today we're looking at, is that greater work something that we have to do? Or is he going to say, because we didn't do that great work away from me, I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. So first I want to read John 14, 12. He said, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, anyone who steadfastly believes in me, who steadfastly believes in me. And that word means always, 
you know, like if you're rigid about something, that something that you don't let pass by. If you steadfastly believe in him, if you're serious about him, then you're going to make sure you know that what he's thinking and you're going to come in agreement with him. If you steadfastly believe in him, then you have your mind on him all the time. If you steadfastly believe in him, then you're in union with him and you're going to practice his way. You're going to find out what he thinks. You're going to care about what he cares about. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind is to care about what he cares about. And he cares about his children. He cares about us. He dearly and tenderly cares for us. We are the most important thing to him. Of all the things he created in James, it tells us we are his first fruits. We are the most important to him. And so if, if you care about what somebody cares about, I want to finish reading this before I go on. Um, so if you steadfastly believe in me, he himself will be able to do the things that I do. And he will do even greater things than these because I go to the Father. And he was showing me, this is the last thing he said before he left. And he said, when he came back, would he find faith on the earth? And so he gave us an instruction. And in order to do this instruction, we do have to have faith. Although I'm sure he was talking about more than just this thing. But this is the thing he wants me to talk about today. Will he find faith on the earth? Will he find us doing this greater thing? You know, we've all been given a talent. You can read that in Mark, um, Matthew 25. We've all been gifted. Our gift makes room for us. Our gift is our provision. God set it up that way. He cares for us, and he has this all planned out. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, and they're for your good. He, he has this awesome plan, and all he's asking us to do is walk in it so he can bless us. He's going to bless us when we do this, when we do his way. And not only are we going to be blessed, we're going to have happiness, peace, joy, and contentment because we're doing what he created us to do. He put that gift, that talent on the inside of you. So not only is it your provision and it's his way of taking care of you, but you're giving in his kingdom. You're giving to his children, those he cares about. And that is the greater work, along with loving. Love is his command. We have to love we have to forgive. Jesus told us how to act. He said, imitate your father. And so when we do that, we steadfastly believe in him. And if we don't steadfastly believe in him, then, you know, we're walking on that wide path, on again, off again kind of thing. And so loving the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind is caring about what he cares about. So like if you have a relationship and that's really how it starts. I mean, you ask him to come live on the inside of you and then you form this relationship with him and you commit to him, he commits to you. You call on his name and he is there for you. And that's what we do in our immaturity in the beginning. We keep calling on him and calling on him and he's there for us. But he expects us to grow up and care about what he cares about, right? And so everything he did for us is free. We don't owe him anything, but he wants us to love him. Just like you want to be loved, just like in any other relationship, he wants to be loved. And so it's a two-way relationship. It's not a one-way relationship. If you ever started to get to know someone, 
Um, well, first of all, in order to have this relationship with him, you know, a lot of people say that they can't see him, so they can't have a relationship with him. But it's a thought relationship. When you sit in his presence and you focus on him, you're going to hear his thinking, and you're going to converse that way. So it's not hard. And then when you do what he tells you to do, he's going to manifest himself to you. And so when you're having this relationship with him or with anyone else, sometimes, I don't know if you notice that, you start showing your feelings and your thoughts to someone, and then all of a sudden they're gone, you don't see him again. Um, you know, you can tell that they didn't agree with you or care about you. And sometimes we do that with Jesus. We ask him to come live on the inside of us, and then that happens. Then um, sometimes people turn away from him. They don't hear from He doesn't hear from them again. It fades away. They asked him. They invited him to come and live on the inside of them. And then um, they kind of walked away because maybe it got too hard or they didn't agree. But then when they're in trouble again, they come back and they don't hear him. And they wonder where he is. And it's because it's a two-way relationship. As much as he loves us and what he did for us is free, it's his grace. He still requires that we care about what he cares about. So often when I ask him things, he says to me, you take care of my stuff, I'll take care of your stuff. God is a person, he's real, he has feelings. And so he's asking us to be in relationship with him and care about what he cares about. And he cares about the salvation of his people. It's not his will that any of us should perish. And so the thing that he gave you to do, the talent that you have, has to do with his quest. You have what someone needs. And we've talked about this so many times. And, you know, God is asking us to get a hold of this thing. And I believe he's saying, yes, on that day, if you totally buried your talent, and you can read that in Matthew 25, then you're going to be in trouble. You want to get on your face, and that's the message I'm supposed to tell you. You want to go to him and make sure that you're right with him. Because he said, on that day, many are going to say to me, Lord, Lord, we did this in your name. We did that in your name. We cast out demons in your name. And he's going to say, away from me to many, away from me, I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. And so what he's saying is when we reject him here and now, he's asking us to do a greater thing. He's asking us to do what he was doing, to partake in his quest. And if we're ignoring him and we're saying no, because we just care about what we care about, we care about you know our flesh, the things that are in the world more than we care for him to the place where we're saying, no, I have to, I'm going to live my life my way. Then on that day when you stand before him, he's going to say no right back to you. And so I believe that the answer is yes. On that day when you stand before him and you say, and you tell him, no, I couldn't do the greater work here and now, he's going to say, I didn't know you. Because the Bible says in James, if you break one law, you break all the law. And he said, if you're practicing lawlessness, if you don't do what I'm telling you to do, I'm going to reject you. Submit to him and ask him, Jesus, 
What do I have to do to have eternal life? Just like the rich man did. And then whatever he tells you to do, then do it. The rich man couldn't give up his stuff. He gave up eternal life for his stuff. And that's what we're doing. And remember, that was his question. What do I have to do to have eternal life? And Jesus said, you know the commands. And he said, I do them all. But he had that God before God. And you can't have a God before God. And so not everyone goes to heaven. Not everyone goes to heaven. And not everyone is right with God. But, you know, what I see really clearly is people are not examining themselves. People are not examining themselves. And that's why he's frustrated. We're not obeying him. He said if you believe in him, that you are going to do that greater work. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. So what does that mean? If you believe in him, if you steadfastly believe in him, then you're going to do that greater thing he asked you to do. And the greater thing is doing the thing that you were called to do. Whatever he asks you to do, whatever stage of life you're in at the time, um, he comes. You just have to be doing that thing that he told you to do. So that might be working on a relationship, loving, you know, um, so often I, I feel like I'm having this conversation with God where we throw people away because we don't want to be around them. We don't want to be uncomfortable. We don't want to love them because they don't love us. You know, so loving is one thing. We don't throw people away. So many people throw their animals away. They get sick of them. They don't want to deal with what's going on with them. And, you know, God's, his way is about commitment. He's asking you to be committed to him to be committed to him, to be committed to love, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind, care about what he cares about and love that person as yourself. Um, don't be putting yourself before that person. You know, um, when God was telling me that he's about to return um, in January, he told me he was doing a dividing. And when he gave me this word and it brought me my mind back to that dividing and all the tests that he put me through. He was asking me to do things that um, I hadn't been doing, I guess, that he didn't agree with. And so he was helping me, so to say, clean up my act. He was showing me the things in my life that detest him, that he didn't like. And I hadn't realized it before, and I, I felt this testing thing going on, and it continues. And it's the love thing. Just yesterday, um, someone asked me if I was stopping anywhere on my way home, and I was thinking, no, I want to just get home and get my stuff done. And I felt in front of me to say, you know exactly what that person wanted and you should go do that. And then I had in the back of my mind that another Aaron, another family member could do. And he said, no, you do it. And so he's constantly asking us to prefer the other person. And so if we're preferring the other person, then of course we're going to do that greater work. And so just reason it out. Just think about it. Think about what he's saying. Many on that day are going to say to me, Lord, Lord, we did this in your name, we did that in your name. And I'm going to say, away from me, I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. And so if you don't love your brother, 
if, if you don't love your neighbor, if you don't put the other one first, even that alone, you're practicing lawlessness, right? If you don't love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, the most important commandment, if you don't care about what he cares about, then you're practicing lawlessness. And we talked about not caring the other day. Not caring. You know, your life is about you. Not caring about that person, maybe that doesn't have a place to lay their head or, or food to eat. He's asking us to go for him. He said, what you do for the least of men, you do for me. So God is good, and he's correcting us now. He's correcting us ahead of time. So you want to get before him and just let him show you all the things that don't match up, that don't agree with him. The things in your life, the things that you do that detests him. You want to get that straight before you get there. Because when you get there, you're going to be judged. You're, you're going to be told the things that detest him. And if you do it now, right here and right now, then you can be right with him now and then just slip through that door. But otherwise, maybe it's going to be too hard to get through that door. Maybe you won't get through that narrow gate. So what he's saying today is he's saying, get ready, I'm coming. Don't think you're already ready, but check. Do a check, right? If you were going to get on an airplane, you want to make sure they did a check before you got on. If, you wanna, if you're wanting to live with him forever, you want to make sure. You want to get a check that it's eternal life. You want to make sure that the thing that you depended upon was him, that you depended upon him. You want to make sure you depended upon him and not something else. Because whatever your dependence is on, that is what you love. And that is where you will spend eternity. So God is so good. He's so in love with us. And if you've never asked him to come and live on the inside of you, that is a start to your relationship with him and your eternity with him. Ask him. Ask him with me. Revelation 3.20 says he is knocking at the door of your heart. And he said, if you take heed to him, he will come and live on the inside of you. When Jesus left, he said the Holy Spirit would come. He'd be your counselor, your standby. He'd tell you things to come. He would remind you of the things that he said. The Holy Spirit would come and tell you the things that you need to do. The things that you need to get right, that's what he's going to do. He's going to come and he's going to tell you. You're going to have his thoughts. You're going to have that relationship. You're going to have a love relationship with Jesus. It's going to be a two-way relationship, not a one-way relationship. It's not just a prayer. It's not a ticket to heaven, but it's caring about what he cares about, being in love with him. And that is exactly what's going to happen once you get to know him. So say that prayer with me. Jesus, we thank you so much that you want to come and live on the inside of us. And we're just asking right now that you would do that. Just come and live on the inside of us and, and teach us your way. Teach us how to live in your kingdom. Show us the things that are wrong, the things that um, we can't take with us. Help us to know that we can take anything with us. We can depend on anything else. Fit us for heaven, Lord. Teach us your way. We thank you. We praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. So if you said that prayer, I'd love it so much if you let me know. And John 1.1 1, 1 tells us, 
He is His Word. So you got to get to know the Word of God to get to know Him, and then come in agreement with Him. And then you're going to start hearing Him. You're going to start knowing what He's thinking, and you're going to have conversation with Him. And it's going to be good. You're going to fall in love with Him. You're going to be in agreement with Him. And then you're going to be able to spend eternity with Him. So thank you so much for listening today, and God bless you.